Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Scorecard. Many doubted we'd ever see it. Where we focus on Chicagoland and national golf news. And here it is. The return to glory. Can't help but think of the long one he made in San Diego to pick up his first PGA Tour win in style. Here it comes. Here it watch out comes. and there's no doubt about it the bear has come out of hibernation with your hosts score golf expert and editor of chicago district golfer magazine barry cronin well, here it comes oh my goodness and mike esposito in your life have you seen anything like that johnny that's better than most how about him that is better than most Presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. And good morning and happy Saturday to you. Welcome into The Scorecard. We are presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. I'm Mike Esposito alongside the editor of Chicago District Golfer Magazine, Barry Cronin. And we are happy to have you along with us as well. We are broadcasting live from The Score Hyundai Studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And if you want to text us, why not? The Tech Zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time and shop online at RosenHyundai.com. That number, 312-644-6767. I don't know. Maybe you have a British Open thought you want to share with us. But please do. And good morning, Barry Cronin. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Mike Esposito. How are you? Everything is good. We are uh, we are uh, uh, looking at all the wonderful things happening in the world of golf. I started with the British Open, which was last week, of course, but lots going on, including uh, plenty locally. Yeah, it's amazing, Mike, isn't it, that you, you think, well, there's really nothing going on in golf this week. The British Open's over. There's a tournament up in Minneapolis. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of the post-British Open hangover. And yet, then you look at everything that's really going on locally and all around the uh, world of golf, and uh, it's crazy. Um, uh, the Evian Championship in France, you've got the U.S. Junior Boys in Pinehurst, which I turned on last night, which is unbelievable. They, the boys, the little kid, I mean, boys, they hit it farther than, I mean, they hit it just as far as the, reg- yep. as the regular amateur kids. And then at Park Ridge Country Club, 7.30 this morning, we have the final match in the 121st Women's Western Amateur. Uh, it's been there all week. It's been uh, it's been a cool little tournament. Uh, 120 girls started earlier this week, and uh, 
it's like all these WGA tournaments they're doing. Uh, it's terrific, and the and the uh, they just took over this women tournament, this female tournament, a couple years ago, and they folded it into their uh, into their uh, uh, tournament schedule. So it's terrific. So they got a, the one last match, uh, uh, and uh, that's going to go on at 7:30. So that'll be that's terrific. Yeah, and I happen to have it here in front of me. Uh, Marissa Wentzler from University of Kentucky against Madison Hinson Tolchard of Perth, Australia, and also Oklahoma State. Uh, but that is your uh, your title match, so to speak. That is the the championship bout uh, in the 121st West Women's Western Amateur uh, at yeah. the Park Ridge Country Club. So. <laughs> Somehow, Mike, in 1901, when they started this, I don't think there were a couple of college girls uh, from uh, from uh, big Division One schools playing uh, playing golf for this tournament uh, for this championship. That would be my guess. Is that would be my guess? I as think well, it was probably friend. a couple of the wives of the members or something like that. I I don't know, but uh, I don't think it was the same back it, in the it, day. It has definitely pre, grown. Pre-Title Nine or whatever, right? Sure. Well, it has definitely grown. And like uh, last week when we talked to uh, Tristan Nolan, who uh, won the Illinois Women's Open, she is just finishing, uh, or she has just finished her, her uh, college uh, studies and career at at uh, Illinois and, and uh, is now doing that. So certainly it's, uh, it's a different world out there in terms of women's athletics, both at the college level and at the professional level. So... Um, uh, this morning, the uh, 121st, that's the other thing I love about these tournaments. And when we talk about the Western Amateur, too, you're talking about tournaments that go way back. Uh, and this has been played, the Women's Western, uh, every year since its inception back in 1901, when none of my grandparents or probably your grandparents were, were even born yet. No, uh, I don't know. Maybe my grandma. Maybe my grandmother. I don't know. Yeah, but we're close, I, though. I, I think mean, she it's... was born. Yeah, I think she was born. All right. Yeah, because they had World War One. Because she had brothers in World War One, which is 1915. So yeah, she was born. Okay. But you're right. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, and the and the thing about it is that the the, the Western Amateur uh, started in 1899, as did the Western Open. So the women were only a couple of years uh, past. So they did. Uh, they kind of had equality in the sexes, even back in the day. It was good old America. Remember. America. Uh, so yeah, it's good. America. So we have the. Uh, you mentioned the uh, the tournament up in Minnesota. It is the 3M Championship, and it is. Uh, I don't want to call it the British Open Hangover, right? I mean, people are are not uh, playing this week's uh, tournament in mass. Although, as I was, you know, getting ready for the show no. and just kind of taking a look at what's going on. Reading the leaderboard, you've got uh, you've got Ryan Armour and Adam Hadwin leading the the field at ten under par. Uh, you've got three guy, four guys at uh, nine under, and then a bunch at eight and seven, etc. But you get down to six under, and who's sitting there but my old buddy and yours, Louis Oosthuizen? I'm like, hey, am- I know <laughs> it's amazing. Man. It's amazing how uh, how many uh, have gone over there uh, who got back to Minneapolis from uh, from London. Mm-hmm. Uh, to play the event, so uh, good for them. They uh, they were they were eager to get to Minneapolis. Yeah, well, and especially Louie was, and and I do not mean to uh, kid because the man has played some great golf in in major tournaments this year. But uh, congrats to Colin Morikawa for for winning the British last weekend, 15 under uh, for the tournament. Uh, Jordan Spieth finished second, uh, played great all weekend, 13 under par, and then Rahm and Oosthuizen at 11 under are uh, were tied for third. Dylan Fratelli, 
uh, nine under Brooks Kepka, eight under Mackenzie Hughes, eight under. But I mentioned Louie because we joked about it last week. We joked about it uh, a month ago. You know, if it's a major tournament, there's your Louis Oosthuizen sighting right there, and and inevitably, uh, and it happened again last weekend. Uh, he he has a lead and then can't finish it or uh, can't uh, play. I don't want to say can't play with the big boys because he is one of the big boys, but cannot get over the hump in terms of winning winning that uh, that tournament. Well, I, I I was watching the tournament, Mike and. Uh... Our texter from last week resounded in my ears, which was basically that uh, Louis doesn't win the big tournaments, uh, mm-hmm. and because I, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I felt bad for him, and I was kind of, you know, hoping that he would do better, you know, and maybe even win, but uh, but he didn't, and I kept thinking of our texter from last week, you know, mm-hmm. uh, saying that, basically saying he was going to give it up, uh, and he did, but I do he have sure to did. say. You know, I and I don't know what you thought, Mike. What what did you? I mean, how did what did you take away from that final round? I mean, I was I was wondering what you were uh, experiencing when you were watching it. Yeah, I mean, what I took away is just how poised uh, at, at such a young age that uh, Morikawa is, and they were you know they were talking on the broadcast about you know his second win uh, in terms of majors uh, and eight starts in majors and, you know, the, the rare air that that put him in, but really just looking at him and being like, all right, this kid's what, 24 years old. Uh, I mean, it's not that Spieth and Rahm are, are that much older than that, but it's like, you know, to see a, to see a young man as skilled as he is and being able to put all that. And he mentioned after the round, you know, being focused on each and every shot and not giving anything up and taking the time to, uh, uh, prioritize each shot and to make sure he wasn't throwing any shots away. I mean, you win by two shots on, on a tournament, and, you know, Spieth was playing great. Rom charged uh, the last few days back into contention. Uh, and, you know, Louie was up there, and he was leading, but, you know, the plus one in the final round puts him puts him uh, down to, yeah. to third. Um, that that was kind of what I, you know, I, I thought, and I don't want to say it certainly was not boring. It was, it was uh, great theater watching... Uh, Morikawa uh, at first pull out and then try to hang on to, to his lead. But watching him not give up that lead uh, to everything that I said originally, that w- that was my takeaway. Like, wow, this guy is, is really something. Right, right. And, and, it's a, and you know, Spieth acknowledged it in, the, uh, in his press conference post um, saying that, you know, I needed a little bit of help. I need a little bit of help, and and basically Morikawa didn't give it to him. He mm-hmm. he he hung in there. He didn't make any mistakes really, which is uh, yeah. really admirable. And um, I thought uh, Spieth was terrific. Um, he he just you know he gives it all he has. It's so much fun watching him. He, but you know he made those he made those two bogeys on 17 and 18 the night before. You know mm-hmm. he had these uh, mm-hmm. two. He's very short, gimme putts. These are putts that I would have given you at the Glenview Club when we wow. were playing on Media Day, Mike. I would have, you could have said, I said, Mike, pick that and up. That's me, and that's you, and that's and you would have even <laughs> done it to me, and that's me. So um, it was, uh, it was a, such a shame there uh, that he did he miss those, and then in the final round he went out and made two quick bogeys on the first couple of holes, which he made up for when he made eagle quote-unquote, made up for him. But, I mean, if you make him, if he'd have made Eagle and he hadn't made those bogeys, he would, you know, he would have been two shots better. Right. So um, 
I know he's playing great, and and the thing is, what I really enjoyed. Um, I was so happy and so proud of him because I thought, you know, these are the two top American players that are going to lead us into the Ryder Cup, and mm-hmm. it's un- really unfortunate that we had to spend the whole uh, beginning of the week, you know, hearing about Bryson DeChambeau saying that his driver sucks mm-hmm. and he's such a petulant idiot. Um, sadly to say, maybe I shouldn't use that term, but he was a child acting very childishly. And um, and we and we just didn't have to hear that anymore. We get we got these really great young guys uh, representing the country, which is great. And I yep. was sort of sad that I I sort of wished. Well, gee, it's too bad Spieth didn't make the uh, Olympic team instead of uh, DeChambeau, because that probably would have been a little bit better. Although, but you know, they made the picks a while ago, and I understand that. But uh, but uh, it's too bad Jordan couldn't go on the uh, go to Tokyo, because I think he would have wanted to. Yeah, no, and, and I tell you what, it's it's definitely good for the game uh, to see Jordan Spieth back, uh, kind of back to himself, however you want to call it. I mean, he yes. struggled mightily uh, over the, the past year or whatever and has seemingly uh, found his game again. Whatever it is that uh, he's done, I don't know that uh, uh, he can pinpoint it exactly, but he is uh, he is back and he is, uh, he is playing uh, as well as he ever has. So that is... It's certainly exciting, and listen, you know, we we all watch, uh, and you watch the matches, and you watch it, you know, every week, whatever the tournament is, and uh, the majors and whatnot, and everyone has their rooting favorites, but I think, uh, you know, in terms of a leaderboard at a major, uh, last weekend when you had, and I mentioned, you know, Morikawa, Spieth, Rahm, Oosthuizen, uh, Brooks Kepka was right there, Dustin Johnson was right there, tied for eighth. Uh, Scotty Scheffler tied for eighth. A bunch of guys. You you have a great a great leaderboard. A lot of great young players in the game. You know, mm-hmm. noticeably absent, of course, injured Tiger Woods. But I mean, right the 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 Tiger era, uh, call it uh, if you want to call it that. Right. I mean, inevitably, age catches up with you. Phil Mickelson uh, captured lightning in a bottle earlier this year, winning uh, a major at what 51 or not quite 51, but you know, right there. Uh, but you know that is a that's the that's the uh, exception to the rule. As is, you can't accept uh, expect I should say Tiger to continue to be you know the Tiger that we all uh, grew to love you know 20 years ago. Continuing on that path, it was great to see the comeback of sorts for him. But now the injury, but it's oh, yeah. it's the next generation and it's it's yeah. uh, a bunch of great young American players uh, doing well. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and uh, and Morikawa really did. Uh, he he really did uh, back up his PGA from from Harding Park last year. I mean, yeah. after a while, he he wasn't really a, a factor there on the leaderboards for a while on the, in the big tournaments, and uh, and then he made some changes. I mean, he changed out he changed out his irons uh, the uh, the week before. I mean, the week of the tournament. So, hmm. uh, and that's a tribute to him and making that's a big decision to make and. Um, so anyway, it was cool. It was cool. Mike, we had a great, uh, a great a major championship season. Yep. Um, well, you know, when you think about Hideki winning the Masters, um, uh, 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 Phil winning the PGA, Rom winning the, uh, and uh, and then Morikawa winning the, uh, the. Uh, 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 the British. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what a great, what a great season! And all the tournaments were really um, 
really interesting. Could have yeah. gone either way down to the end. Correct. I mean, my gosh, you know, you think about Rom's putting on the last couple of holes at uh, at Torrey Pines. I mean, that was that was unbelievable. That's off the couch kind of stuff. And uh, yep. and Morikawa's thing was really really admirable. And uh, hey, I don't know about you, Mike, but I remember you know when I was 24, I don't think I could have stood up and given a Colin Morikawa speech uh, that he did uh, after the uh, after he won the tournament. Um, I don't know. Some people turn off the TV, but this is a great young guy. I mean, who's obviously been in the winner's circle before. You know, uh, first thing he did was uh, congratulate the uh, the low amateur. Um, you know, he's going around and congr- you know thanking the you know the greens committee and uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, greens uh, uh, the guys who keep the maintenance staff, etc. So he just did a great uh, a great job and and really was uh, an admirable young admirable young guy. So uh, I just uh, I sat there and I said to myself, "Hey, this is not Bryson again. It was this was nope. really a mature young man and hopefully Bryson, you know, as a we can't really always expect these young people uh, to to have it together when they're 27 and um, because we a lot of us didn't when we were 27 and sure. so I think we got to give them a little bit of time and a little bit of a break and hopefully Bryson uh, grows up. Yep, we we hope he gets there. Uh, we we do have a great show for you this week. Uh, coming up next, uh, we'll talk to Ethan Farnham. Uh, he is the uh, winner of the Illinois State Amateur. Uh, uh, on Thursday at Misswood uh, out there in Romeoville. We'll talk to Ethan next. Uh, coming up at 6.40, uh, our Swing Thoughts segment, Chris Green, uh, Director of Instruction at the Glenview Club in golf. Uh, and then uh, 7 o'clock, Mike Wan. He is the new CEO of the USGA. Uh, Mike, uh, the former commissioner of the LPGA Tour. That will be interesting and uh, certainly exciting uh, to have Mike on. Uh, and then uh, later on in the show, as Barry mentioned, we will uh, talk more about the 119th Western Amateur out there at the Glenview Club. And, and Barry, uh, you and I, we can talk about uh, during that time our, our round there and our, our experience there at the Glenview Club uh, during the uh, the media round in which uh, you held firm for the show, my friend. You, well, you performed admirably. Uh, Mike, one you of were us, great. at least. Uh, I think I think this is a kind of thing where our, we're just going to hold all the people that are listening right now will not will not stop listening until we they, we start telling that story a little bit later. It's going to be great. I I am looking forward to that. So we'll do that uh, <laughs> in the 7:40 uh, uh, area uh, of the show. When we come back, though, as I mentioned, the winner of the Illinois State Amateur on Thursday. Uh, It's Ethan Farnham. He will join us next on The Scorecard. We are presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back on the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. This week's music, oh, Minnesota, Minneapolis, the replacements. I could not love this more. Adam Studzinski. There you go. There you go. Adam's all over it. Yes, he is. The Replacements, one of my all-time favorites, uh, 80s alt-rock band. Uh, we definitely will be hearing some good stuff coming out of Minneapolis this week, and uh, that's where the 3M Championship is being played uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll talk more about that uh, in this segment brought to you by Illinois PGA professionals, experts in the business and game of golf. But, Barry, right now let's head on out to the score hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas home of the world's largest sports book. There we find the winner of the Illinois State Amateur uh, out there at Mistwood. Ethan Farnham joins us. Good morning, Ethan. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Good morning, Ethan. It's great to have you. You know, I just want to say a little word about Mistwood. Uh, what a great place. Uh, I, it, it really it opened uh, quite some time ago, but um, I hadn't been there in a while until I went out there Thursday to watch the Ethan Farnham show. And which was uh, exciting in itself. But Andy Michelson, who was on our show last week, the uh, head head uh, director of golf there, just terrific. And the late Jim McWethy, who founded that place, uh, his daughter Gretchen was there. Um, just a wonderful place, uh, a great golf course, beautiful. They've done a great job out there, and they've got a great restaurant, McWethy's, which was pretty unbelievable afterward. So um, that's I wanted to give you. That's the prelude, uh, Ethan. So. Uh, but the cool thing was the way you played, and uh, you were, it was, a, so let me just explain, folks. It was a 36-hole finale, so there was two 18-hole rounds. Ethan was two shots up going into the uh, final round, and then uh, things kind of broke down. Six shots, six shots ahead. Going into final, is that right? Yes, sir, six shots. I was at 16, and I believe Tommy Cool was at 10. Well, I stand corrected. Sorry. Yeah, and you wound up, uh, yeah, you had Tommy Cool, who's on the uh, Illinois golf team, and Mac McClear, who's on the uh, uh, Iowa golf team and won the Coach Big Ten champion. Uh, so you had some, you had your work cut out for you, Ethan, and then you lost the lead. Then what happened? So I lost the lead pretty quickly, I believe. I think I, I had already lost the lead through nine holes. I was three over through nine um struggling a lot and then the other people had already caught up i think tommy at that point was tied with me and then mac and jordan were starting to make their run so, so my mind was going crazy when i made the turn i i knew it was it was going to be a battle you're right and uh, it isn't like you haven't done this before you've been playing uh, college golf at saint mary's in california which is a really good golf school out in the west coast um you know but then how did you uh, collect yourself I mean, I really wasn't playing too bad. I think just the confidence in my game kept me going and kept me fighting. Um, I Honestly, like mentally, I was drained. Like you said, it was a very long day. Um, I was just trying to get to the next part. I don't think I really had, had the capacity to really get ahead of myself in that sense. 
and I just kept in the moment, just hit one shot at a time, and it, it seemed to work out. But w- like I said, winning's hard. Like I said before, winning's hard, and everyone else kind of did the same thing. I lost the lead. It was going back and forth. I, w- I wish that event was on TV because you could have seen a lot of things unfold. Yeah, no, and you know what? I'm just reading here, uh, you know, part of the summary. And so so you weren't kidding when you said it was a, a battle and you, you had to scratch and claw just to get uh, into the playoff. Uh, t- tell our oh, listeners yeah. what happened on the uh, on the 72nd hole there. That that that's right out of out of the uh, the nightmare playbook. This was unbelievable. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> Go You're ahead, right. Ethan. So, <laughs> so I, I believe that I was two down going into my 17th hole of that round, the second to last, and mm-hmm. there was a bunch of people watching, which rarely happens for us amateurs. Um, and they they're yelling at me that the that the leader Mac had just made a bogey. So now there were two people only one stroke ahead of me as I went into the final hole. And it's it's a final hole par five with water on the right. It's a great, great risk-reward hole. And I just got way too risky with it and hit it right in the water, right through the mm-hmm. fairway into the water. Um, it luckily crossed up there, so I got to drop. But I, I had to get it up and down after I dropped. So basically I had to make an eagle from yeah. further well, away uh, than my and, drop. And, 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 and Ethan, let, let's talk about that. Now, you hit it in the water. And I think I was standing by the green, and I'm thinking, well, this is over now. This guy, he's out. Yeah. So, so yeah, especially when I think you were I, right, but I think you were about to drop it in the um, in the rough, correct? And that's when the CDGA rules official came over and told you about the about the rule, right? And that you could wind up I mean, doing dropping it in the fairway. I was. I don't think I was about to drop it in the rough. I would not have done oh. that. Uh, I was looking for a different angle. He he definitely gave me a better angle though. I was yeah. I was looking slightly different, and he's like, no, you can go this way. And and then the thing that he really helped me with, because I was just gonna drop it kind of in, on the flat part of the fairway. He's like, you can get your number. Make sure you get your exact number. And I was like 190. Then I shoot it again at 192. I'm like, that's perfect. Six iron, drop it, hit it to one foot. Best shot I could hit. I mean, it was unbelievable. Standing there watching this shot come over the, uh, you know, uh, up and then hit, and it rolled to like one foot. It was like a tap-in birdie, and now the now he's in the playoff. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, so then it, you it had, was unbelievable. That, yeah, and so then you had a three-hole aggregate playoff, which means uh, we add up all the scores at the end of three holes, and Mac uh, made a bogey, so he was out, and then you go to sudden death with Jordan Less, who uh, won the tournament in 2018 uh, before you won it in 2019. We forgot to say you were the defending champion of this. So now you go back again, and it's you and Jordan. So go ahead. So so it was Jordan Hahn. Jordan Hahn won it before me. Slightly different player. He's actually with Monday qualified in a couple PGA events this year. But Jordan Less is the number one on Northern Illinois. A very good player in himself. Uh, We've been battling all the time since we were kids. Um, but we go and replay the same hole. So I'd already birdied that hole. We both birdied it in the third hole of the playoff. So then we had to go replay that hole. And we both hit it about one inch into long grass. So I had to lay up, and he ended up hitting it onto the green, but far away for eagle. I believe he probably had 60, 70 feet for eagle. Right. And then I hit my – but I got to go first with my wedge, and I hit my wedge to about 15 feet an okay shot, and then he hit his putt way by, maybe 10, 12 feet by. But I got to go first still, and I made the putt first. And I think that going first in that situation was huge 
and then he barely misses his, and and I was victorious. It, it was crazy. So Ethan, well, we really yeah we we were we were talking about uh, you know the British Open last week and and how poised mm-hmm. and, and how Colin Morikawa was able to to focus and and really hold off everybody there at the end and and just how difficult that is and it just just listening to your story I mean that's that's some high drama there and really a lot of uh, a lot of stressful uh, situations in that round. How do you personally how do you deal with it when when you're there in the in the thick of it and it's not a you know, a peaceful day at the golf course and you're just out there practicing, <laughs> but you've got, you've got all the, all of the stress in the world on your back. So I, I would say the first thing and biggest thing, that's a, that's a big difference from college is I get to have a caddy and my caddy this week was my uncle. He's caddy for me a lot in these type of tournaments. Uh-huh. And he, he, he's just my rock out there. It's so good to have him. Like even it's just somebody to bounce an idea off of, to get something off your chest. You don't have to hold it all in. And then if you, if there's something clearly going wrong, um, he's there to tell you. So that, that aspect of it's huge just to stay stable. But if you watch me out there, I am not a Colin Morikawa. I'm losing my mind. I'm yeah. covering my face. I'm, I'm keeling over when I hit a bad shot. So you can, t- I really wear my emotions on my sleeve, but, uh, that, that's it. Everyone kind of deals with it differently. And it just comes down to when the pressure is on, when you have that feeling in your stomach. And I felt like the whole, the whole final round, I really didn't have it because I was up so much to begin, and I kind of lost that pedal down. And then once the playoff started, I started getting those butterflies again. And for me, that kind of that kind of kicks me into a new gear, and I start playing different. Yeah, it was terrific. And people might not, of course, they don't know because nobody was out there. But uh, you're you're a lefty. You're what six one, one hundred fifty five pounds. Yep. This is the skinniest <laughs> guy you ever saw. He, he hits how how, long, how far do you hit the ball off the tee, uh, Ethan? I carried about 300. Yeah. Yeah. Envi- enviable. Enviable length. That's good. So uh, what's your what's your next thing? You're going back to college, correct? So I'm going to stay here for about a month and a half more. Uh, I got the Illinois Open coming up, and I'm going to play in the CDGA four ball. Yeah. I sadly just missed the U.S. Amateur again. Oh, uh, wish wish I could play in that, that Oakmont this year. But, but yeah, I'll play the Illinois bad. Open and the CDGA, and then I'll go yeah. out to California at the end of the month. Yeah, and it's too bad you didn't get in the Western Amateur because uh, you belong in there, in my opinion. And the two guys you beat, uh, Mac and um, and Jordan, they're both in. So uh, how come? Yeah. Uh, how about a little late phone call from the boys? Maybe there'll be a dropout <laughs> or something like that. Come on, WGA, get on the horn. May- and get maybe. Ethan in there. Um, honestly, that is an incredible tournament. That's. The field, I don't know if it's still limited this year, but it's it's an extremely competitive field to get into. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm my ranking isn't crazy high, so it would have been a stretch for me to just sign up and get in. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, and, and I have to ask, as we as we let you go, Ethan, and, and congrats on, on what was clearly a very exciting finish and a, and a great win for you. So, so Barry mentioned you won in 2019, and then last year with COVID, there was nothing so... So how did that? Fit? I mean, you, you you took you had to you had to wait an extra year to defend your title, and then there you go and you do it. I mean, I, I think I'm definitely a, a, like my head's very powerful. I feel like whatever my mental state is really controls the results, and I really wanted to win this week, man. Just coming into it, I really wanted to defend something about it, and Mistwood on top of that, like you said, it's a great golf course, but I've played there a lot before, and I've had success, and I knew that I could do it. 
and just the whole like couple weeks leading up to it, I really grinded it out and really made sure that I was going to put myself in a, in a place to win. And, and it worked out. Well, that's, it's awesome. Uh, it's a great story and a, a great accomplishment for you, Ethan. We, uh, we need to, uh, take a break now, but we appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck to you as you, uh, you head back uh, to the tournaments you mentioned and then back to school at, at St. Mary's and great talking with you this morning. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Ethan. That is Ethan Farnham. He is now your two-time defending champion of the Illinois State Amateur. Uh, sounds like some high drama. Barry Cronin there at Misswood, and you were there to see it. So, oh my goodness, lucky that's why man. they show, That's why, and it was free to get in, Mike, which is really good. And there, uh, so even it was better. terrific. Yeah, yeah. So it was really nice to see him, and uh, and Ethan's a, a, quite a character. Quite a character, and and. <laughs> As he said, he leaves, he let, his emotions are on his sleeve all the time, so it was that's, really fun to watch. That's great theater right there, and congrats again to Ethan. Uh, when we return, Barry, we will talk to the uh, Director of Instruction at the Glenview Club in Golf. Uh, Chris Green will join us later on in the show. The new CEO of the USGA, Mike Wan, will join us, and we're looking forward to that. We'll talk more about the Western Amateur as well. You're listening to The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine with Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito, here on 670 The Score. And welcome back to The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine here on 670 The Score. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito, here with you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8, talking golf, talking about a great game with you and we look forward to doing so each and every week. We also look forward to giving you stuff, Barry. That's part of what we do here. You can Absolutely. log on to cdga.org. Uh, the CDGA wants to give you a, a season starter pack, cdga.org slash contest. You can register to win uh, an imperial hat, towel, and zero-friction super tube with Spectromat balls, tees, and a universal fit glove. Everything you need for your season, cdga.org slash contest and uh, get some free swag we would love to give it to you so uh, take a look there at the CDGA's website uh, and, and now we would like to uh, jump on out to the score hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas home of the world's largest sports book uh, there we find the director of instruction at Glenview Club in golf hosting this week's Western Amateur of course Chris Green joins us on the line hey Chris good morning hey good morning guys thanks for having me on Good morning, Chris. Uh, how's I know you've uh, uh, you're a busy guy. Uh, you and I think every other teacher in the uh, in the golf uh, extremely busy these days. So it's uh, so we thank you for uh, taking a little bit of time to uh, to chat with us today. Yeah, no worries. Appreciate it. Well, good. Uh, so, Chris, uh, we've got the Western Amateur coming out to uh, Glenview Club uh, this coming week or whatever next week, and. Uh, <laughs> It's it's changed a bit since 1899. It was a, it's the a second 18-hole course in the, the Chicago area, right after Chicago Golf. So uh, it's it's a little bit longer now. I think it's uh, pl- plays about 6,800 yards. So really, uh, with see some of these older courses, the, at the length that these guys hit the ball now, uh, you got to do something to defend. And one of the things they do at these tournaments is uh, they grow the rough pretty high. So um, we're, I think we're going to talk a little bit, tell the folks uh, at home how to get uh, how to get out of the rough. Can you do that? Yeah, absolutely. We've um, you know our uh, course 
superintendent, Brian Moore, uh, has done a wonderful job at our golf course getting the, the place ready. And uh, just as you said, the rough, uh, basically the farther offline you get, the nastier it's going to be. And uh, I think, you know, that's, that's not just unique to our golf course. That's something you'll see uh, this time of year a lot of places you play. You know, we finally got some rain and uh, grass is growing. It's healthy and happy. So um, what we find with most golfers that I teach is a lot of them don't have the club head speed like uh, the Brooks Kepkas or maybe the Ethan Farnhams out there in the world to, to power it out of the rough. And uh, I see a lot of players make a mistake just simply with their club selection. You know, it's really easy to uh, try to make all these adjustments in the swing, uh, gripping down, moving the ball back, chopping down, doing all that type of stuff to help hack it out. But the uh, easiest way you can advance the ball out of the rough is make sure you take the club enough loft. So rather than reaching for your rescue club or your hybrid or something to smash it, you know, 200 yards down the fairway, uh, if you look down and you see that your lie is, is, is gnarly, uh, it might be a more prudent choice to grab a wedge, 9-iron, 8-iron, something that you know you can get on the ball, get the ball airborne and back into the fairway. Uh, it's not the, uh, not the coolest play in the playbook, but it's a smart one if you're trying to shoot a low score. Right. Yeah, Chris, and, and, and I was going to say, because I know a lot of people probably want to try that, you know, how am I going to bomb this 200 yards to get close to the hole? But uh, that is, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there are times when that is the right play. And wh- when would those times be, as opposed to what you were just saying? Because I, I totally get what you're saying. And that, to me, is, you know what? Get it get it onto the fairway. Get it to a nice, safe, easier shot that, that you can then make. Yeah, so I think you really just have to kind of assess your surroundings. You start with the lie, look down. Um, I have my students, uh, you know, give it a grade, you know, basically A through F. Is it teed up? Uh, can you do anything with it, just like you would if you're in the fairway? Or F, is it just totally buried in the fescue, no chance? You know, so if you've got an A, B, maybe even C plus lie, and you, you feel like, um, you know, maybe the risks involved, if it doesn't go uh, perfectly, uh, aren't a huge problem, go ahead and give it a try. In those cases, you know, take the club you'd probably normally hit, maybe move the ball back just a bit. Um, this would be the one time probably uh, ever that I'd recommend you tighten up your grip pressure a little bit. Just make sure um, that when you swing that club, your club and the grass are going to, they're basically going to be in a fight and you need to make sure your club wins the fight. So everything you can do to um, you know, swing a little harder, believe it or not, tighten up that grip pressure, and uh, I'm really not a big fan of having people move the ball around in their stance too much. Uh, I don't find that moving the ball back to hit down on it more creates enough of an advantage uh, to offset the lower ball flight you get. So basically play your normal swing, hit it hard, grip tight, and just hold on for dear life. I think holding on for dear life, that's my uh, that's my specialty. <laughs> and, and Chris... Um, then, then let's say we get a little bit closer to the green. Um, uh, the rough will be pretty high around the greens, th- too, won't will it not? Yeah, I think that's actually probably, a, at least at Glenview Club, uh, for the Western Am, that's where the players will face a little more difficulty. Um, you know, we're going to have a lot of challenging hole locations near the edge of the greens, and some shots that look pretty good but aren't perfect are going to end up, you know, short-sided in some pretty thick rough. Um, so... In those situations, this is where I actually think the average golfer, um, they just totally miss um, the strategy here. I I see players, you know, grab a pitching wedge, put the ball back in their stance, kind of make like a putting-type stroke, and uh, typically the results don't go (laughs) as planned. So what 
you need there. If you kind of think back to what we just talked about in the, the fairway, your club's still going to be in a fight with the grass, and you need enough club head speed to make sure that your club wins that fight. Now, from 10 yards off the green or 5 yards off the green, that's a scary thought because if we do that with a square club face or a ball back in our stance, the ball's going to rocket across the green. So uh, you kind of need two components when you're, when you're buried in the rough near the green. You need lots of loft and lots of speed. So uh, most players might think of this as kind of hitting it just like a bunker shot. You're going to open the face a little bit, maybe uh, squat down, get, get a little lower so you can get under the ball. And then, um, you know, I like to see players make a few practice swings in the rough just to kind of get a sense of how much speed do you really need to guarantee you'll get through that grass. And uh, right. once you've kind of got a, got a feel for that, make sure the, the loft on your club uh, feels about right. You know, the, the challenge here, if you've never tried this before, your first, your first attempt won't go very well. But um, you need to kind of get a little feel for if I swing this hard with, with a face that's this many degrees open, it'll go, you know, however many yards. And that just that takes some practice. But it, it's really um, not a shot I see many amateurs try. Most folks just step up and do the, the same swing they would as if they were in the fairway. And usually, um, you know, kind of get erratic results with the golf ball. You know, one of the interesting things is I, that that I and you may see this because I did it. I used to do it all the time. You take the club way back, you make a big backswing, and then you you don't really uh, follow through at all. Whereas if you if you if you really do it right, maybe you're taking the club up to your belt buckle and then sort of turning through and getting a little bit of uh, of uh, momentum through the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. You need that club to have enough speed to, to fight through that grass. So, you know, I typically prefer to see back swings and follows, follow through kind of be equal in length. So, you know, like you said, if the club goes back maybe belt high, we should see a belt high follow through as well. And, and what you just pointed out there as well, I really like to see players turn their body and kind of face the target. Um, we sometimes see these big back swings, um, lots of arms, lots of wrists, which, which are not a problem. Uh, but then we don't see any body um, rotation on the way through. And so all that speed is lost. Club gets stuck in the grass and the ball goes nowhere. So really do like to see kind of equal back and through and then turning to face the target at the end. Is, is, uh, and that's, that's not just in the rough. That'd be from <laughs> any short game shot you're trying to hit. Talking well, Chris, to Chris go ahead, Green. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, go. Talking to Chris Green. He's the director of instruction at Glenview Club. Uh, in golf, uh, host of this week's Western Am. And, and Chris, as you were uh, speaking about loft and trying to, to get the right loft, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that is literally, that, to me, and this is me personally, that is the hardest thing to master because it really takes practice. And it really, you really have, there's no other way to do that other than just to hit a bunch of them. And I still struggle with that uh, to this day. So how, when, when you're teaching somebody or when you have a student and you're trying to teach that. Is it literally just go, you know, go swing the club 50 times and and hit these and see see how it goes? Yeah, so we've got a, a nice spot on our our practice range at the club where we've got a short game area. And uh, this week it's very thick rough, but in general, you know, the rough is just kind of maintained the same as our golf course. And we will literally just scatter a bucket of balls. Uh, I, I don't like uh, watching a lot of my members. They'll go and uh, they'll. If they ever practice their short game, it's usually off the fairway. I don't see a ton of folks go. <laughs> don't see a ton of folks go over into the uh, into the rough. But but when you do go in the rough, you really want to make sure you're kind of um, just getting random lies. You know, don't fluff it up. Don't 
step on it. Those are the two kind of extreme ends of our uh, possibilities. You know, most of the shots you find are going to be somewhere in the middle. So um, I'll just take a bucket of balls and toss them and have players bounce around different targets. And, you know, the thing that I've, I've really found success with um, having players kind of communicate to me their, their process. So they look at it and they say, okay, this lie isn't very good. This is like a C on our, our grading scale. Which, and then they'll say, okay, that means I need to make, you know, a, a medium hard swing with a really open face to go this far. And just verbalizing that process, um, that trial and error process, you, you start to, you know, more quickly pick up on those changes. If you just go out and whack 50 balls uh, without a plan or without trying to make specific changes between shots, you make it a little better. But I think you'll speed up that process if you just really kind of take it step by step. Okay, bad lie, more speed, more loft, boom, you're done. Well, I know this is all good now, but I really, what I really want to ask you is I know that there's got to be some action in the pro shop uh, among you guys. about. Uh, so gonna, we're going to have 72 holes of stroke play here before we get into match mm-hmm. play. So what is the, uh, what's the uh, target score? What do you guys think that uh, everybody's going to shoot? And, uh, uh, you know, what's the winner going to shoot? Well, you know, I would tell you what, um, couple, there, there has been some talk about that. We know these players are ridiculously good at golf. Um, so I'm anticipating a few very low, you know, single-day scores. We'll see some low 60s. Um, that said, we have converted two of our par fives into par fours for the tournament. So we've got two par fours that will play over 500 yards. Um, as good. mentioned earlier, the – Pin locations, uh, Steve Preletti and the guys at Western Golf Association are uh, just uh, saving some of our, our most challenging hole locations <laughs> out there for, for this tournament. And I think that, um, you know, we would imagine you, you're going to need four rounds probably in the 60s to make it to match play. It was kind of our, our talk. In really? The shop. Wow. But that's only, you know, that's only potentially four under, you know. if, if Yeah, it's, true. The par 70 golf course. I, I don't think the guys are going to be, you know, 25 under par for the week, and I don't think it's going to take 12 under to get the match play. Um, but but the, they're still the best in the world. Uh, the golf course is just, just shy of 7,000 yards. Um, driver wedge on a lot of the holes for these guys. And, you know, really I think what it will come down to is the weather. If we get some wind, it will be really challenging. If it's like it's been the last, you know, basically last week, I think these guys will tear the place up. Right. And you have a student, Charlie Waddell, who's uh, featured in uh, this month's uh, CDGA magazine, a little story by Teddy Greenstein. Uh, and so, And I know you teach him, and good luck to him. Yeah, we're, we're rooting hard for him. You know, it's a um, home game for him, so uh, hopefully his expectations are to go out and just, just play his normal game. He doesn't have to do anything special, and he should be pretty competitive out here. Um, he just qualified for the USAM at Oakmont, and so I know his, his uh, game's in good good shape, and I uh, just hope he gets enough rest and doesn't have too many other responsibilities this week other than going out to play some good golf. Well, it's your job to make him realize that, uh, make him think that, not think about the fact that uh, so many of these guys are going to be playing for, uh, f- uh, playing in the Masters and the U.S. Open in, in the next uh, five years, <laughs> or if not yeah, three. Masters, Walker Cup, yeah, uh, you know, the history of the event, we've we've seen so many names where they, you might not recognize them while they're at the Western Am, but two years later they're out on the PGA Tour with lifting a trophy, so it's kind of a cool 
Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, Chris, we really appreciate it. We will be watching uh, and uh, and rooting on uh, everyone at the Western Am this week. Uh, appreciate your time uh, on the line this morning. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. That Thank is you, Chris. Chris Green, Director of Instruction at the Glenview Club in Golf, uh, the Western Am, uh, 119th edition of the Western Amateur uh, this coming week there uh, at Glenview Club. Uh, some exciting stuff coming up, Barry, and we'll talk a lot more about the Western Am uh, later on in the program. Yeah, it was good to hear from Chris, and uh, he does a real good job out there, and it, it's uh, it's uh, it's quite a place, as you know. Yep. Yes, indeed. A beautiful course. Uh, Barry and I had the pleasure to play it uh, during the Media Day event uh, a few weeks back. We will talk about that uh, also in our in our last. Yeah, segment. we're going to we're going to everybody's going to get the benefit of hearing hole by hole, shot by shot. Me and oh, Mike, boy. our experience at the thing. No, we promise not. We promise not. That would no, be the so end of radio. That's right. Some good stuff, though, that we will share uh, along with the breakdown of the 119th Western Amateur coming up around 740. But coming up next the new CEO of the USGA, Mike Wan, joins us uh, when we return. This is the Scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito here on 670 The Score. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.